This is a Stand Up Labs production, powered by digital media. Hi guys, it's Kate. On this week's Invasion of Privacy, I have John Rudnitsky, who talks about what it was like on SNL and how much the experience loosened up his energy pussy. Welcome to Invasion of Privacy. I'm Kate Wolf, and today I have one of my close friends, John Rudnitsky, is here. Hi, that's when I say hi. That's when you say hi. And today we're going to be talking about a bunch of things, but including how you just, you were with SNL this past year, and you didn't get renewed. Yeah, thanks for saying it that way. That was a nicer way of saying it, right? Renewed. Than getting getting fired. Canned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Canned's even nicer than saying fired. Yeah, yeah. and we're going to be talking about that. And just in general, though, how in life when you have certain expectations and when they don't go the way you envisioned, you know, trying to, yes, yeah, surrender and, and get your life back together in a way that's probably more suited for you even. But we'll get into it. Sure. Yeah. Great. We can talk I'm about other things, too. We today. can talk about, like, fun summer recipes. Oh, I love summer recipes. I, mean, I don't have any. I was hoping that would you be the most some. weird random turn of events. <laughs> We're just giving everyone recipes. I mean, I just think we should mix it up. You know, we don't have we'll see what happens, John. We'll see what much. happens. Okay, okay, because right. we have a lot to talk about. Lots you and I've been friends for a bit. Yeah. yeah so yeah. first of all, happy to talk about it. How are you too. doing emotionally? Actually, really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, it's. Uh, it's an uncertain time, but it's kind of always uncertain in comedy. So you just in life, in life, life is always yes, uncertain. life is always uncertain. But uh, no, like you know, of course I was disappointed at first, um, but did now you, I'm just kind of like appreciative that it yeah. even happened. I'm just glad. Did you I'm suspect it was going to happen? That. No, I was really optimistic. I I I felt like I. I thought I was going to come back, honestly, but it wasn't a sure thing by any means. I It felt like it, it, I was definitely uneasy about it. Uh, you know, I wasn't uber confident, but thought I had a thought I had, you know, um, a good year as far as first years go. And that's what I was kind of, to, uh, you know, told by a lot of people. But, uh, you know, it, it, you know, things happen and and I, I'm, I you know. I was I was definitely blindsided, but not as upset as I thought I'd be. I kind of spent the year fearing this moment, and this yeah. moment's really not that bad. It's really not. I wish I knew that it wouldn't be this bad because I'm really just happy I got to do it. It was the coolest experience of my life. I'm yeah. so I'm so you know grateful that I got to work with those people and uh, and and be in that place. I always wanted to end up at that place, and and now I'll, I'll move on to the next thing. But I always have had, I got to do comedy boot camp for a year. Wow. Because yeah. I remember, so you and I have been friends, so we've talked throughout the year. Yeah. But I know that SNL was a dream for you since you were young. Yeah, it was always number one for me. Really? Yeah, always. I grew up watching it every Saturday with my mom. And uh, and so like, like even like watching myself on it was like, became like too meta. It became too weird to like see myself there. You know, I think it'll still take a couple years at least to even process what happened that you like, got I, on like, it. yeah that i was even on it now now that i'm not on it i, I don't even I, I still i was still trying to figure out how, how i got the job 
you know. Yeah. No less that I no longer <laughs> no longer have it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I remember. So you actually had come on the podcast yeah. right before you got it, probably about a month before. Yeah. Um, and we had, you know, it was me, you, Joe, and Nathan McIntosh, yep. and we were just yep. being silly, talking we about silly, random sex stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then about a month later, I saw. On the internet, it was like, John Rudnitsky got hired for SNL. And I was like, holy shit, I texted you. And I was just like, that's amazing. The Congratulations. Craziest week, yeah, craziest, that's the craziest week ever. To, to, uh, I was in a, a Minnesota uh, parking lot at a casino. I was about to perform. Opened for Julian McCullough. And I, I got a call him. from Lauren Michaels. Oh, Julian's the best. Got a call from Lauren and, uh, you know, asking me to join the cast. And I just, I just screamed my head off for a couple hours. <laughs> I did. I lost my mind. Lost my mind. Yeah, no, and but you know what was interesting is when you first got hired, yeah. Gawker, good old Gawker, right? And a lot of those sites oh yeah, kind of yeah, came yeah. after you. They started looking at all of your tweets, which I feel like they do with anyone at this point. If yeah. you get a big movie or whatever, yeah. they go through and they really pick you apart. So that was like the first thing I saw with you was suddenly having to care about what you're putting out on social media. Yeah, suddenly, well, they were, they were, unfunny old tweets from college that I should have gone back and deleted, but I just never tweet. But you don't think about I don't things even, like I del- that. I don't even have Twitter anymore because I was like, I don't. I just never even used it, so I never even thought about going back and checking things. I'm like, oh yeah, those were bad jokes when I was like trying to uh, be funny at that point in my life, and that's what I guess I thought was funny, but uh, also like, who are these people that whose job it is to like try to take down a guy who just got his first job? Who has like three hundred followers? It's a pretty <laughs> like, sad thing. Yeah, it's 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 it was like a bummer for me, but I think it's more of a bummer for them that that's uh, what they chose to do with their lives. Yeah, they're policing people, and it's what you said. Like especially in comedy, yeah. when you first start off, like if you looked at some of my first jokes, and you know I'm the least like sexist whatever person, and like you go up there, you're just trying to make people laugh, and you'll say things, and you're like, I can't believe I just said that. That's not even funny. It's a little hurtful. Totally. But you don't think totally. to go back to your tweets from years ago and delete them because you're no. just focused on evolving and yeah, creating new anyone, content. At that point, you're kind of like the freedom is that nobody's paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like So then all of a sudden, you leap forward, and then you get this job where it's that one of the few gigs where the day after you get it, everyone's like, who is this guy? And what's everything he's ever said uh, on every platform? And then, you know, then they, they go after you. And, and then they don't care like 10 minutes later. But I was, I was so upset. I was so upset. I was like, I went from the highest high to the lowest low. I was so bummed. And then you, you shrug it off. And then, you know, throughout the year, I'm like, oh, oh, people are mean every day. You like once you're on TV, people are mean to you all the time, and you just have to choose to ignore it or delete Twitter, which is what I did. Like I don't, I don't, I don't need to. Interesting. I don't need, I, I don't need to like read one thing from one guy in his basement in Michigan that's gonna like make me feel weird for even a, even ten minutes. I'm like, uh, you know. yeah, I mean. I'll sometimes get really nasty comments to me. Yeah. And um, it hurts. You know, I'm working. You know, it's good. I used to call or text Joe and ask him, like, I was like, what do you do when you get really mean comments? Because I know, you know, with four million followers, you, he must get a ton. And he's like, it did hurt me a lot at first. And then you just learn to not really fully take them in. Totally. But, um, yeah, it just sucks that, you know, with that kind of fame and excitement comes you know, either people trying to police you and they're yeah. doing detective work or, yeah. you know, sending you nasty things when you're just trying people to live your life. People sending you mean stuff all the time. 
not to me all the time. I think yeah. most of the listeners of the podcast are pretty open-minded people because I talk about, you know, following your heart, feeling right. emotions, spirituality, and most of the dedicated listeners are also very feeling people. Oh, that's good. But, you know, sometimes I'll do something like on Fox's Red Eye, which is another audience where some of the people there like me and then some of them will be like shut your fucking mouth bitch <laughs> and i'm like "Ooh, nice I'm sorry I said he's holding that, a gun yeah it was john <laughs> I watching red eye i just eye. didn't agree with what you were saying that's all <laughs> um so then you got so i remember you got the job i remember um you at first having to you know, really police everything yeah and then i hadn't talked to you or seen you in a bit because you were super busy Cause I'm sure like the schedule when you work at SNL, it's super it's, busy. It's, it's yeah. It's just, it's, you're, you're, you're crazy. Uh, you're just crazy all the time. Yeah. There's no, there's no coming up prayer. Um, well you get these weeks off, but then you just kind of hibernate for the, where well, I was doing stand up a lot of those weeks off, yeah. but, uh, yeah. And then you're right back in it. And when you're there, you're, you're, you don't leave. You I mean, it's six days. Six I day dated someone who worked for SNL for right. like a couple months and, his hours were insane. And that's when yeah. I realized I know SNL who, wouldn't be. <laughs> Don't you say it. I'm not going to say it. Um, I like that you can ask me whatever you want, but I... I don't. I wouldn't mind saying no, it. No, I'm not going to say it. I don't want to say it. I'd rather not talk about it. You know, if I, if I said his name, it was so long ago, I feel like he'd be like, why is she talking about me? Right. You know? Um, totally. But what I did realize... Great guy. He's a good dude. He's yeah. Bud, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure he wouldn't care. Yeah. Um, but when now everyone's going to want to know. I dated Colin Jost for two months. <laughs> He's the man. There, are you happy now, Colin. John? Love, no, no, um, I, no, no I just, it was a lovely experience. But what I what I realized at that by seeing his schedule was I was like, ooh, that would not be for me because you know I'm a single mom. Yeah, I wouldn't get to see Shane enough. Um, and for him, he loved it. But I knew for me, it would tank. Yeah, me. I can't imagine having. Um, uh, significant other or a family no less uh while doing it but there are people there who really who really do you know cast members who are married and uh some of them have kids and and uh, and writers with kids and it's like that's 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 a hard thing to do i wouldn't do it you know for me because i was gonna submit a packet to them and i yeah. decided not to because i thought about it and i was like if i got that offer it would be really tempting. Right. And I just don't want that for my life. I don't want to not see my son that much. And um, I also don't know how much I want to be just a writer, you yeah. know? Mm -hmm. But um, but no, I saw that. And then when I, I ran into you totally randomly, what was that, like four or five months ago? Uh, near Washington Square Park. Yes, yes, that's right, yeah. With I my ran cousin. into, yes, you and your cousin. You gave and me a tarot card reading in the park. Yes, we just went, we sat in the park. It was awesome. It was like such a fun It was, I really, need, I really needed it at that point. That was nice. That yeah, was nice. and I'm not going to go too much into your soul and what happened there because it was a confidential reading, but I have to say you did look very stressed. Like, because yeah. I hadn't seen you since you had gotten yeah. the job and yeah. you're such like a lighthearted, yeah. fun creative weirdo artist and the reason why you even got snl was because you went to just for laughs that year for fresh faces right and you did your amazing weirdo dirty dancing yeah. dark act where you pretend to bury a chick yeah yeah i did do that i love it you guys need to check that out if you haven't seen it yet it's there's an snl you did it on snl didn't you 
I did. I did it on SNL on Update. I don't think you can find it online because they took it down I think for copyright I found it. purposes. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. There might be a version of it oh. with French subtitles. Yeah, on I think there. I found and, a weird version. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but that's yeah, that's what I did to kind of uh, get to Just for Laughs, and then SNL saw me there, and then it was a part of a larger audition I had to do for them. But yeah, and then yeah, I guess there was that that point in the year when you saw me, and I was kind of I think I was just in the thick of it and trying to. Figure, navigate that place and uh, and running on very little sleep. You know, the whole year was just kind of like alternating between being like incredibly excited and elated and uh, just like, you know, head in the clouds, but also trying to stay afloat and do well yeah. uh, in in that state, uh, which is which is really hard, which, you know, you have to uh, adjust to. Uh, it must be so much pressure, not like purposefully. It's not like they're trying to be mean, but here right. you finally gotten this like huge big thing. Like when you're a little kid, even if you don't want to be a comedian, SNL is like a goal to reach. It's up there, right? Totally. And you see your favorite comedians. A lot of them are on there. So you get it and you want to do well by them. Totally. You know, totally. so the pressure, you know, when I saw you, I could see the pressure weighing down on you because you get something like that. It's not just with SNL. Yeah. It would be like if I got a role in a huge sitcom yeah. or something like, a, you know, a Broadway dancer finally gets into the musical totally. and yeah. they're at that point because they've looked forward to it. Now it's like, well, I can't lose this because what's next? Yeah, that's what it feels like. And now, like I said, now I'm, I, I lost it uh, and I'm fine. I'm so I'm really I'm really good. Honestly, uh, yeah. the opportunities now that I have are so much better than they were a year ago before I could have ever possibly dreamed of getting SNL. Yeah. And, you know, like I'm, I was seeing and dancing at bar mitzvahs a year ago. I was driving for Lyft. Wait, I'm you were not, singing and dancing at bar mitzvahs? I was dancing at bar I mitzvahs. didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, what? Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love dancing. I mean, me too. I mean, I hope I don't uh, have to go back to doing that. This mic is all kinds I of know, a mess. I know, I'm sorry. And the, the, mic and the keeps... headphones are You're fine. Everything's breaking down. I'm losing my mind here. No, I, as I'm saying, everything's good. I'm I just like Yeah, I you're saying crying. everything's good. I start crying while everything's <laughs> because breaking of a down mic, because of a mic malfunction here. No. Okay, is it good now? Okay, yeah, maybe well, just don't maybe not. just don't touch it. Sorry. Okay. Well, Sorry, if it happens again, we'll we'll adjust it. No, no, it's all good. No, I, can, um, I can't hear what's going on here. Um, but you can hear me, like in real life, right? Yeah, I guess I could just take this off. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anyhow, sorry everyone for that malfunction. John was trying to convince us all he's just fine, and then everything in the studio and then I just broke started down. crying and started flipping <laughs> tables. Like, that's why the, does? Yeah, that's the holographic nature of reality. Yeah. You're like, I'm fine. Why didn't they love just me? Shits out. Keep, yeah. It doesn't matter. Just take them off. Okay, just taking them off. Yeah, then it, here. it almost doesn't feel like I'm on a podcast. No, well, yeah, it's fine. Look, now we're just people. Now we're um, people. Okay, so first of all, the bar mitzvah dancing thing is yeah. what makes me happy about that is I'm a huge fan of dancing, and I yeah. go to these conscious dance parties. <laughs> you told me about these. You need to come, man. You'd actually love it because I, what's so cool about them is it's not about like getting fucked up and you know getting a chick, which I'm sure you still like penetrating people, but. It's more about, Jesus you know what I'm saying though? Like, I'm, I'm not saying that as if like, you don't like doing that sometimes going out and meeting women, but I'm saying that this particular that's not what thing, that's for. yeah, it's for like literally dancing. It's yeah. because, um, a lot of people love dance, yeah. but there's no place for it. Yeah. And most people, unless you want to get fucked up and go dancing at like midnight. Or you take a dance class. 
That's well. That's what I'm saying. I do take some dance classes, and for me, these conscious dance parties, like the Get Down, Daybreaker, they've Are changed these my like life. Like six a.m. or something. Daybreaker's really early, yeah. so I don't go to those as much. I do, and then it fucks up my whole day because then I'm like, my body's like, why? Um, but the Get Downs are seven p.m. to like ten. And, and you just feel good after. There's a drummer. You feel fantastic. I'm making you come. It, you just dance. Can we go before I leave town? When are you leaving? Are you moving? Yes. You didn't know this? No, you didn't tell me, John. Yes, I'm moving at the end of September. I'm going back to L.A. All right, let's do it. Listen, there's yeah. going to be one, um, I think, September 15th. Okay. Um, we're going to go. Oh, now I got I sad because I didn't know you were moving. Oh, I didn't know. No, you it's didn't fine. Know. Oh no, oh, I come back. I come back all the time. All right, you let me know when you're I'll, back. I'll see you the same amount. I figured you might be moving. I know, I know. But like, we've had such a synchronistic, you know, friendship. You know, yes. like when I met you, you walked in to Elite Daily. I'm like literally upset you're moving. Um, I'm sorry. yeah, I know it's fine. You're right. I'll still see you the same amount. No, it's just, I'm sad. Now I have to adjust my expectations. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> It started with okay. you, and now it's me. It's okay. Um, no, you walked into Elite Daily, and we were we were doing a whole thing on fuckboys. That yes. was like our episode. <laughs> yeah, I remember. And you hadn't really written. You had written some stuff, but like you just came in. You were amazing. You came in. You just bust open the door. Shane was with me, yes. and you were just like, hey, what's up? And I already knew you from the videos. I'm like, I'm Kate. You're John. Like, we just clicked right away. Yeah, we just yeah. became instantaneous friends. And um, I remember you being like, "So what's a fuck boy anyway?" Because like you I didn't know what a you fuck and I boy. don't say things like "What a fuck boy." No, never. I never. I mean, I like it's a fun thing to say, but I just don't say it. I I knew it was a thing, you know. But I was I'm kind of the guy who's like, like a like I just started. I just grasped what on fleek means. I'm like a year and a half late on things like that. Yeah. I mean, so am I, but I'm a little older than you, so I have more of an excuse. Yeah, but I don't like, have an excuse at all. You know, well, who the fuck on I fleek think I'm and an old, fuck boy? An old Jewish man trapped in a. In you a are. Man's you're a little body. curmudgeon. I'm a little curmudgeon. Yeah. I when I get, my little diva when I sit, princess. When I sit down in the car, <laughs> I like, I like, I like, ugh, I like every, ugh, I make so many noises. I felt bad asking you to come uptown. You know, I'm like, poor John has to take the subway. I'm such a schlep. I know. I'm schwitzing the whole way. Exactly. An old Jewish man. But no, so you come in and you're like, what's a fuck boy? And I explained it to you in the best terms I had just learned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, you know, it's a guy who sometimes just wants to have sex with girls and doesn't call him back. And he does this and he wears boat shoes. And you just go. I think I'd be a fuck boy. And we, I just started dying laughing. So yeah. it was so honest. You were so funny about it. Yeah. So no, we just became friends. Yeah. And um, I realized I was a fuck boy in that moment. I'm happy you're, you're moving your because I want you to be happy with where you live. But it was, I love New York. I'm sad. Why are you moving then? I just, I. Your you heart's know, being I, pulled somewhere else. I was there before I got the job and kind of. Feels like you need to go back. Yeah. My, you know, I. Everything was kind of is kind of there for me. My writing partner's there. Got it. The auditions are mostly there. You know, no, I hear you. I and I, you know, stand up is there. There's, I mean, there's more stand up here, but um, you yeah, can, you can do it there. And I'll be on the road. And, and I know I'll in. see you. You just reach out when you're back. But yeah, um, I'm gonna come back. It was just I a bit of a shock. Here. I'm gonna come back here just back a bit and of a forth shock. more okay. than I did before. Because I think I'll have more flexibility to, and I would want to. Okay. I, I would like to be here as frequently as possible. I'm okay. Listen, I'm fine. I'm, I'm good. You don't We're have to take care of my emotions. Get Look, you, 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 you and me and my mother can cry. <laughs> yeah, about exactly. It. We're okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you were treating. I'm like he's treating me like I'm his mother. You were really. That's very telling, actually. Yeah. Is how much you just wanted to take care of my feelings there. Um, I think I became your Jewish mother 
for a I, second. I felt it. I felt yeah. it. Well, because she's been like. Pulling at your heart. About to cry. You know, I just could, you know, just like holding it together. I'm just so, you know. You don't need to take that on, John. That's her, you know. I take it all on. I take it all on. Well, that's part of the thing, you know. And um, I want to get back to the SNL and then we can just get back. I think that was the thing with the job. I think, uh, you know, because my whole family's here and, you know, like, I think I brought them I mean, I literally brought them to the show every week because they would come because they lived here. Yeah, but there's also like an emotional aspect to it where I'm like, you know, they're all they're all care a lot. But, uh, you know, and in some ways that's I mean, that's that's great. But that's also hard because you're like you feel like you've got to um, you're carrying a lot of weight, carrying a lot of weight. So you got to like, you know, are you on this week? You know, and having with your sketch, and you're like, uh, I got to tell 17 people that my sketch got cut this week, and then they're all like, ah. And then you feel kind of like shame about it. Yeah, shame. You know, uh, everyone's like, ooh, he got cut. Like, isn't getting the job enough? Like, guys, I'm doing fine. Like, let me take care of it from here. But I felt like I always kind of had to let them know I was okay, and I never really kind of built up the courage. I deal with my parents, but not so much with my friends. Where I'm like. Um, I can't talk about it anymore with you. Just watch on Saturday and, and like, you know, when, when I'm not there, I'd rather just... Be a human. Just be a human, and that's work. You know, that's what's kind of crazy is it's like the dream job, but at the end of the day, it becomes your job, and you want to step away from it when you're not there. And I think that's with anything, you know? It's like uh, being a comedian and going to a, uh, a stand-up show uh, not to perform. Like, um, like what? Uh, this is The Office, you know? Yeah. Like... If I'm at the club, I want to be working on my act and, you know, I'll watch a little bit. But like to go and sit and watch a show, that's that's fun for the other people who yeah. don't do this. Yeah, know? I don't want to sit around and watch comedy. No. I'm like, yeah, not. it's my job. I, love I used to love, I love it. Even when I'm home, like I'd much rather watch like a show like The Night Of or Stranger Things or these shows, you know, these yeah. like, kind of darker shows because I there's no piece of me that's like I could ever write that or I would do that this way. Yeah. Like this is this is so not me. Mm-hmm. You know. Much rather watch Breaking Bad about a guy, you know, like cooking meth than watch, you know, a show I on Comedy Central sometimes show. even though I love everything on Comedy Central and I love Broad City and I love so many of those shows, but you know, it's like sometimes it, you it's hard not to view it uh with that with that comedy brain of like analyzing it a certain way. Yeah. And that kind of, it makes it different. No, it does. I being, don't really watch comedy specials. Than who it's made for. Yes. Right? Like, I'm not, you know, you, you're not doing your comedy for other comedians. You're doing it for the average viewer, or, mm-hmm. you know, or your, your, you know, your demo or whatever. But. Although yeah. if you can make comedians appreciate it and laugh. I mean, of, then you I know you're that. doing something I say right. That, and of course, yeah. those are, when I am doing my show, those, that's the corner you're looking at. Yeah, exactly. Those guys in the Seeing back. Seeing if they're laughing. Of course. I say that. And but you I know guess, what's I funny about totally, you? Uh, yeah, didn't mean it. Well, no, <laughs> I like your honesty <laughs> and your ability to shift perspectives. <laughs> you know, just a flip-flop. I'm a fuck boy. That's why. <laughs> I sip your water. Yeah, here you go. But that's what I, here you go. That's what I loved, though, about that Dirty Dancing thing. You didn't do that for other people's approval. You just went deep into your soul and went really weird and artsy. Yeah. And I know how much potential and weirdness you have within you. And Mm -hmm. I'm excited that now that SNL isn't here anymore, I feel like you can tap back into that really free, artsy, weird place. Yeah. Because when you were on SNL, you were so concerned about, you know, pleasing them, pleasing your friends, you know, not getting let go that... I think that's... But that's ultimately, that's... Yeah, that's my fault. That's not the show. The show 
brought me on because of the weird things I no, did. No, 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 of course. And what you I did is prob- natural, though. Yeah. Like, when you get something like that, it's not that they did that to you, yeah. but it's, you know, your reaction to not wanting to lose that thing. It's like, listen, when a girl meets the guy of her dreams and she, like, pretends that she doesn't fart or, yeah. you know, it's not that the guy's asking her to do that, but you know, as humans, when we get scared of losing something, we accidentally almost play smaller than we are because we fear that that person won't accept our true full selves. Gosh, Jesus. Yeah, that's so true. So it's not like it's, I'm not saying it's SNL. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. You really hit that point. And then, yeah. And then the same thing happens with stand up. Once you start like really honestly talking about like the day uh, it was announced that I didn't have the job and I went on stage and I talked about it. It was like one of the best shows I've ever had yeah. and because it was so honest and in the moment. And then last night I tried kind of recreating that on stage and it was very inauthentic because yeah. I'm not feeling that way anymore. I'm actually in a much better place than I was two weeks ago when it got announced. Uh, so to pretend like I'm this guy who's like going through this breakdown is actually not, it's actually not true. I'm actually, you know, that's that's not where I'm at. So it's like, you know, I guess it's with a relationship or anything else. Like when you're honestly in the moment, when you're even in this podcast, when yeah. I'm being when I'm not holding back and telling you exactly how I feel, it if it you feel it. You sense it. Yeah. You know. People just want to be authentic. That's right. honestly the biggest thing that we all desire deep down is to be true to who we are. But most of us don't feel like we can because we're raised you know, by parents or a society. And it's not our parents' fault because they were raised a certain way. But we hold back all the time because we're scared that we'll be accepted, that we're scared we won't be accepted. And we're also actually scared of our own power. Especially comedians. And we're trying to be funny the whole time. I know. I know. Is kind of counterintuitive to it all sometimes, you know? I mean, it just takes longer. Yeah. If you were just to get on stage with a mic and you didn't have to be funny and, like, be authentic, that would be hard enough on its own. Yeah. But to also try to have like punchlines worked in as you're like working through. But that's once again what I loved about the dirty dancing thing. It wasn't punchline based, it was you really performing art that's funny. Right. And I think that's where most of us should try to go, whether, you know, not just in comedy, but like living your life where it's almost like a dance where you're just flowing with it and you're not worried about the points in it. Well, the that's, punch that's line. well, that's well, there are punchlines within it that I ultimately found, but it's in a d- very different way. And the reason that I that was a significant thing for me doing that dance was because it was just something that made my friends laugh. I love and that. made me laugh. Yeah. And the first time I did it, I did it for eight people in a black box theater uh, show when the stakes couldn't have been lower. And I just thought, I'm not going to do my act here. That would be so lame to like go up here and do the jokes that I hate. And then it changed. It changed my life because after I did that, I go, oh, this is something different. This is special. I'm going to do this at every show. And then you know, two months later, I did it for my callback for JFL when they thought I was just going to do my stand up. And then I did that. And then which was so ballsy and brave, honestly, to do. But that. at that point, honestly, I knew it was ballsy, but it also felt so right. Like yeah. that's the coolest thing when you're like, this is ballsy, but it's like, I'm, I'm so confident that this is the right thing to do. Um, and and that, that was mo- and then you try to like get that moment back. Uh, but the only way you get that moment back is by meeting each new moment as where you are. And what you do is you'll have this moment of completely tuned in, intuitive, feeling what's right, yep. taking that leap. 
but then you try to recreate it in the next moment yeah. instead of meeting that particular new moment with where you're now at. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Very well put. And with the whole Once SNL again. thing, there was something about it. It's not, I'm really not putting it on them. There was something that it did to you that you kept trying to recreate past moments of confidence. Definitely. Instead of meeting, like, it's okay that you were nervous. Who the fuck wouldn't be nervous? I remember watching the first night you were on yeah. and Miley Cyrus licked your face. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's my friend, John. He just got his face licked by Miley. <laughs> like, I was like, what? And I, I was trying to put myself in your shoes and I was like trembling. Like, I was like, I cannot imagine that moment. I was, yeah, I wasn't even, I mean, I was nervous, of course, but uh, I was just riding high at that Were point. you? That's awesome. Yeah, that was the first week. And, like, it hadn't, like. Hit you? or it hadn't hit me. And that went pretty smoothly that first week <laughs> to the point where I was like, oh, this is, uh, you know, like, I had the idea for that sketch. And I walked in the first week and I brought it to Mikey Day and Streeter Seidel. And it was kind of like, oh, yeah, well, uh. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. We'll work on that. And then I kind of like went away for a bit, came back. They're like, here's what we wrote. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. Uh, it's pretty much written written up already. Uh, next day, it, it goes to table read, and it's in the first half of the table read, which is which I later learned was like is hard to do to get first, you know, get placement in the table wow. read is very important while people's energy is still still high and all that <laughs> and uh and then it got and then it got to dress and they go, oh okay so that's the next thing it goes to dress and i didn't realize how hard it is to go to dress uh and then it goes to the show it goes to air and it goes to, it's the first sketch after monologue which is huge the prime placement uh those are the big wow ensemble pieces and it was the first sketch i pitched um and I was like, oh, this show is not that hard. <laughs> and then the next week I go and I pitch something to Mikey Day for Amy Schumer. And it, and it was like a, a stand-up comic on the on the Titanic. And uh, that's hysterical. They were like, actually. yeah, we'll see. We'll see if we have, have time for it. Mm. You know? And I was like, oh, oh, that's how it works. Really, mm -hmm. and then I didn't get anything on the show for weeks and weeks mm -hmm. after that. And then I was like, "Oh, this is." And then because that first week you're running around, you're in five sketches, and you're putting on a bunch of different, you know, costumes. Yeah. Then the next week you're in one thing with no lines, and uh, <laughs> and you sit there, and it's like, and it's, and you see everybody else running around, yeah. and that feeling of not being needed. When a couple of days prior, you, you know, it's like it can be very uh, tough on the psyche, just the nature of the place. And then, you know, you you start to get used to it as much as you can. But um, that's just the the nature of the, the place, you know, and then you then you bomb at the table for the first time and the second time and the third time and bombing at that at that table. I mean, honestly, I like I'm, again, so grateful that I thankful that I got to do that because nothing will ever seem that hard ever again. Wow. There's nothing in comedy I think that will ever be harder than bombing in front of all your heroes and Lauren Michaels, you know, the guy who's discovered all your heroes and uh, some, you know, whatever movie star is hosting that week and whatever political, you know, presidential candidate is there <laughs> and, you, you know, like you're just eating shit um, with your stupid, you know, <laughs> fucking uh, Vine star update character that you came up with or whatever, you know, idea. Wow. Yeah, it's just, it's nuts. 
It's not. I can't imagine that. And there's a piece of me that's like, oh, I'm like, I, you know, I'm, I'm relieved that I don't have to go through that stress, you know, through that grinder. Again, of course, if I could have it my way, I would love to have, uh, go back and have another chance at it and do it again and, and not be as stressed as I was. But, um, but uh, yeah, I'm kind of, you know, those Tuesdays are tough. Those Tuesday writing nights are really tough. And I was just with two writers before uh, for, for lunch who are going back. And I was like, I'll be thinking of you guys on Tuesday. <laughs> I mean, I'll be sleeping, but I'll be thinking about you. You know, they're going to be, it's, it's hard. It's hard what they do. Those, and you, like, SNL, SNL guys, they know. It's like, it's like even I was in the trenches with those guys. There's nothing like it. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what I've heard. It's like you're being in the trenches, you know. Yeah. And, you know, but SNL, it's an amazing show. It's been around forever. And some of the sketches, I remember growing up as a kid, like, I'll still Google, you know, Mike Myers, do you remember the? Did you ever follow the Mike Myers ones that he was on, like where he's on a playground, the hyper hypo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. like you know, or Ed Grimley. And, of course. You know, so it, hero. yeah. So it's the trenches, but they really—it's an iconic show that you remember. You yeah. know, when you grow up, and it's just so cool that you got to be a part of it. So cool. And those hallways, I mean, I imagine smell the same that they did then. They're just like wow. everything is still the same. So I every day when I walked in there, no matter how anxiety ridden I was, I was always like my breath was always taken away Grateful. a little bit. Oh, just like, oh, my God, every day, a little bit in awe of the place in awe. Yeah. and the history it, it and the be, meaning. Or, there yeah. would always be those moments where you're like really stressed and, you know, panicking. And then you're like. You're like, you know, is uh, is Larry David going to say this line, you know, say the line the way I want him to say it? And you're like, wh that's what I'm panicking about. Like how Larry David would always say the line you want it the way you wanted to say it or better than it's a bad example. But whatever, you know, you're like, I can't believe I'm even just thinking about this. I can't believe this is my problem of the day. Super amazing. Super amazing. It's unreal. Super, you amazing. know, not just even them, but like the other cast members, you know, like I'm watching those guys. I watched. You know, Jay and Vanessa and Taryn and those guys for the last six years. I've watched Bobby for the last eight years, Keenan for the last 13 years. And to hang out with them, to be working alongside I'm obsessed them. with Kate McKinnon, by the way. Kate She's unbelievable. That's a good person to be obsessed with. I'm She's unbelievable. With there was one sketch that yeah. I've played to all my friends. Yeah. It's um, Close Encounter, because you know me with of Aliens. Mikey Day and Streeter Seidel wrote that too. Wow. I mean, yeah. when I saw that, because I mean, it's also, it came from the heart, because it's this whole, like they were so on point too with what a real alien experience would be like, not with Kate McKinnon's, but the good aliens, right, okay? Right, and right. I was like, they are on point, and I don't know if they know how on point <laughs> they are, but everyone, you need to check out Close Encounter, because yeah, aliens are real. But anyway, um, yeah, do you believe in aliens? Um, I, I, I don't know. Uh, okay, we can talk after. I don't. I don't not believe in aliens. I just. I just you haven't spent a lot of time thinking about aliens. I mean, you were on SNL. You don't have you time just to think know. about our aliens. You don't know. I can't say. Well, I'm pretty for certain, sure. but that's okay. It's a big universe. I'm sure there's something yes. out there. Huge universe comprised of all the same elements. Come on. Of course, there are magical combinations out there. And then you're like, yeah, but how would they have contact with us? Because it's all about energy and frequency, vibration. It's like, how can I talk to someone across, you know, the world? You know what I mean? Like through internet. It's like there are ways. It's a whole other thing. Anyway, uh, let's get back. <laughs> so they just need to get internet. Exactly. <laughs> and then we can G-chat. But like, yeah. We can FaceTime. Um, they just have like even better than the internet. But let's get back. What I wanted okay. to say was. Yeah. 
there's a quote that I was thinking about from Rumi. Yeah. And he says, live your life as if it's rigged in your favor. And I've really been, you know, going through that in my head <laughs> the last two weeks like because that. I've been going through a lot myself. And it really gives me a lot of ease because I believe we're all here. We're all spiritual beings having this human experience, but it's your perspective of things that gives it its meaning. So if whatever, if ever, you know, when you go through things, whatever happens to you, if you can see it like that, like this is rigged for me to evolve and grow and expand and have more freedom. Suddenly, even awful things, it doesn't mean you don't feel the sadness. It's not about blocking that off. You include it. But when you know that somehow it's helping you, it, it eases it up a little bit. And I think that this experience, the whole thing, was rigged in your favor to get to the next level and to really expand and grow. And who knows what's going to happen. I think if you keep meeting each moment as the artist that you are, yeah. you're just going to grow. And it's still going to always be a great, surreal experience that you had. Um, but you're going to see how much it was a catalyst to get to the next level for your comedic career. I think career. I already feel that and see that. That's awesome. Know? I really do. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just... Uh, I'm I'm back to to knowing what those days are like, where you 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 don't know what you're gonna write, you don't know if you have a joke in your head or an idea what you're gonna say on stage that night. But that's okay; those are good times. Honestly, yeah. I I was I'd rather feel that than really stuck, really stuck. We're kind of like right after the season was over, up until I found out the news. Mm. It's kind of doing the same. You were like a little stagnant. Doing you didn't the same know set a lot what on was going to happen, and I didn't know what was happening. I was kind of stagnant. The second I got an answer, even though it wasn't necessarily the answer I wanted, like I immediately felt freed up creatively in some way. I felt a weight of some kind because it was like, okay, now I know where I'm going. Yes. I kind of was floating for a little bit there, and that's freeing. Even, you have more momentum now. Yeah, and being scared is good for comedy. That's true. Not knowing where your next paycheck is coming from is, is, is good for what we do, weirdly. You know, I think it was yeah, Chris it does. Rock or Seinfeld or somebody who said success is the worst thing for a comedian. It's more of getting comfortable, right? And if you see, like, okay, I don't think I'll ever stop pushing myself. I don't think. Um, I hope that when I get to the point where I finally have enough money to even get my son his own room, <laughs> that... Which is going to happen. I know it's going to happen. Um, but I always want to push myself, whether it's career wise or just spiritually, you know, mm -hmm. I'm someone who wants to constantly dig deeper within myself and get mm -hmm. to that next place because, you know, I've been comfortable before I, and it's very numb feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, and what I thought about with you when this happened was how, you know, my whole life, the way I coped with my childhood was one day I'm going to have the perfect family. I can't wait till I get married. That's going to solve everything. All right. this pain I'm in. Right, right, right. And then I got married. You know, I got pregnant. Um, it wasn't planned. And then I got married while pregnant, six months pregnant. And um, when that marriage How fell apart, I was 24 when I got pregnant and 25 when I had Shane. Wow. So I was a baby. I mean, not super young where it was like crazy, but I hadn't That's been young. expecting it. And um, it's younger than me. And I can't imagine. Well, can't you know, imagine. your whole life suddenly shifts and um, to say the least. But for yeah. me, especially that had been what I'd obsessed about. Like, I cannot wait till I'm married. It's going to fix all these things. Yeah. So when two years into my marriage, I left because I was so unhappy and it was so dysfunctional. I left. I ended up in the hospital 
for three days. I mean, my whole life shattered. It's called a shattering in my spiritual school because all of these things that I had built and thought were going to be the end point. This is when I'm going to be quote unquote fixed and whole. And when that, first of all, didn't make me happy like I thought it was going to. And then when it fell apart, it was an opportunity as difficult as it was. And it sounds like it's way more difficult than what you're currently going through. Cause when I got divorced, it was like months and months of depression and yeah, that's it's a different thing. You know, I had a two year old and now I'm a single mom and like yeah, that's, that's suddenly you're a single shit. mom. Yes. Yeah. Like yeah. I was like, oh, my God. You know, I remember even like going on a dating website and being like, I have to put on a single mom, you know, like it. It's actually what what um, fueled my whole spiritual awakening and waking up and kind of shedding this old Kate of having to, you know, I thought I was just going to be. um an art teacher and a mom and have kids. And that was going to be all I ever needed. And suddenly I realized I didn't even know who I was Mm because everything that I had been working towards was to not feel pain. It wasn't about feeling my heart, right? It was just about escaping discomfort, not about actually going for what I dreamed. And then suddenly I was like, well, what do I want and who am I? And then like a year or two later, I started comedy and. Oh, you started after. I started after. How did you know that comedy, how did you come to, to find that out. I had a friend who's a comedian. No, I had a friend. I started dating this guy and his brother was a comedian and we went to one of his bringer shows. Oh, nice. And afterwards it, we were was all- Was it here? Or no, it wasn't here. It was like a shitty uh, like Harlem bar. You know what I mean? It was like yeah. a shitty room, but he did great. And afterwards we were hanging out and I was telling some crazy joke, or not joke, story. And he mm. was like, you need to do comedy. And I was like, fuck no. But I like three people had said that to me that month. So finally I was like, you know, I should take that in and see if there's something why everyone's saying that. And then I decided, yes, I'm going to go for this. And that was kind of the start of opening a whole new area of my life, which now has led me to like being a tarot card reader and a dragon sorceress. There you go. You know, who knew that was coming? uh, Laser beams coming. Laser beams coming out of my tits. There's also, you you know, a laser beam coming out of my vagina, my energy dick, I call it, but I didn't want to put that in there. I thought You left the the energy dick out of it. I left the energy dick out. I felt like I felt like this was complete. The dragon and the laser tits. So can I borrow energy dick for my podcast? No. Okay. Oh, what do you mean your podcast? Like uh, right now, I'm, I've been penetrating you with my energy dick the whole time, if that's what you mean. No, going it's not into what your I mean, soul but, with but it. That's, oh. that's what I've been feeling. Good, good to know. <laughs> yeah, I went into your butt, <laughs> not your heart. I, I like, but I've got I, to I like your it. heart through your butt. Well, I, you know, maybe because I'm a lady. This podcast to learn what it is that I, <laughs> that I like. You, know? you don't need an energy dick because you have a real dick. But what you have is well, an energy pussy well. where your creativity lives. And we're going to open up that puss. That's what I'm doing right now. I've been lubing up that puss this whole time. You've been lubing it so up. So your energy can flow. Wow. You're welcome. Wow. For free. Thanks for lubing up my puss. Although, yeah. a couple weeks ago, we went out to lunch. <laughs> yeah. And remember, we went. Well, I, I, I don't love the segue. No way. <laughs> I was opening up your puss like we did. No. Like, remember lunch with the. Yeah. No, I, you know, we went out, uh, I guess it was like two or three weeks ago to get lunch and catch up. And we got into this funny, like, non fight where uh, you picked, like, a, what I thought was a fancy place when in reality it's not that fancy. Well, I also thought I still had a job then, so. You take back. You take <laughs> back take that back, salad you take bought back me. Take that $17 salad. Well, you got a $50 card reading. 
for that's seventeen dollars. That's true. Well, there you so go. you got yourself a deal, buddy. Yeah, and I got my apparently my puss lubed up. Which yes, I you did. Realize. Yeah, you're pregnant. An energy day. You're candy. pregnant with your inner child now, and you're about to birth it out of your mouth. You're ready. Wow. Getting getting let go of is allowing your inner child to finally be birthed, and I'm proud to be helping the process. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And it's free. I'm Thank not you making for being you pay. OBGYN. You're welcome. Yes. Who knew? Who knew? Um, well, actually, when I was first born, uh, they thought I was a girl because uh, my my penis was um, was not. It was it was very small. Really? Yeah. Thank fresh. you for sharing that really vulnerable story. Yeah. Yeah. My mom was so excited. She thought I was a girl. And they're like, Oh wait, no, there's dick. There's his dick. And then uh, she started crying. Because uh, I was a boy. She was, she really wanted me to be her daughter. Well, that's why you came out with your penis being tiny, because they wanted a girl so badly that it affected the whole energy it was, it of was hiding. It was hiding. How's your penis now? Fine. It's fine. It's fine. You know, like... You're not really selling I, yourself, John, no. but... <laughs> so, ladies, if you want that fine dick, you know uh, where to reach them. My puss is all lubed up. No, my, my penis is... Well, when it's soft, it's like... Forget about it. You don't want to. Who cares about a nobody, soft dick know. anyway? <laughs> that's fair. like I love this guy. He's eight inches hard, but soft. It's like really small. No, no, that's true. That's true. No, hard. I'm. It. I'm. I think I'm. 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 I'm good. I'm. St- I'm your standard. I'm like a. I believe like a, you. Like a five S. You don't you know. Okay. You know. I feel like you're not trying like to a, prove it to me like right now, plus. and that's a lot of pressure I, I, on like me. I, I have all the apps. I believe need. that you are fully adequate, and you. Yeah, I talk about my average size penis a bit on stage, and then, uh, you know, you seem like you'd have a very average size penis. I, I talk How it down, tall and, are then you? If, and then if, if if I'm ever lucky enough to have somebody uh, see it and they've heard me talk about it, uh, then they're always kind of like pleasantly surprised, like, "Oh, it's your penis is this is good." <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah does that sell it at all I think I have a pretty average vagina like I don't think like I always say if it was in a police lineup I I you wouldn't I, be able to I pick it out I think vaginas are harder to gauge like what's like that's what I'm saying you're talking about depth I assume I don't even know. Do you know what I mean? I didn't even realize how different vaginas could be until I met my ex-husband and he was a vagina connoisseur. Wow. And was like, well, you've got this kind and this kind. And I was like, Jesus. Jesus. Suddenly I was self-conscious about my vagina. I don't know. I think it's very average. um, And I think it's also average in in terms of like the tightness looseness. I think what makes it powerful is the um, energy surrounding it. I have a very sacred, powerful pussy. (laughs) So I think people can feel the energy of it. It's almost like one of my exes called it like a squid because it like it's like there's movement in there. Like I just I think I have energy like I have a very powerful presence and it gets I think a lot of it gets channeled and you can feel it, you know, even when you're not right. Yeah, it's like just the energy of me. It comes, you know. Vaginas and penises, we talked about it in the last, last podcast. We talked about tantric, sacred sex. Mm. You know, that these are portals for us to tap into our creative centers, your dick and your vagina. So, look, I get so excited talking about this stuff. Yeah, no, I but too, um, as you can see. Yeah, you perked up a little bit. Yeah. I mean, kind of. This is your perked up. But, like... <laughs> Is this my standard energy? I feel like I'm low energy for you today. For today. Maybe you're going through more of a depression than you realize, but that's okay. No, so, I'm just, I think I'm tired. I ate a roast beef sandwich at Well, then that's deli. why. <laughs> so I'm a little It's fine. L- no, this was great. I'm a little lethargic. You're an old I Jewish a, man. I ate a big, I ate When a you're big. done eating, you need a nap. We get it, John. I, need, I really do need a nap. I know you do. You're a fucking <laughs> little tired. baby. That's why now I called I feel you. badly. 
I with with you, John. I always know, like, if I ask you to be somewhere, you're going to be a little late, but it's okay. You can't. You're you. You're a little bit of a diva. You're a little bit yeah, of a, a Jewish princess, I and I love you I for am. that. Thank you for appreciating me. For yes, that. you deserve to be pampered. I'm not going to necessarily be the one to do it for you. Well, you pamper me a little bit. I pamper I you in a very it. motherly way. Yes, I mean, you, you you give me a hard time, but then I. You know, I'm able to kind of. I get you. Like I said, I got you immediately when I met you, and I just adored who you are. You have a great I'm heart. I'm very self-aware of the the little bitch that I am. Yes, yes. <laughs> and the needy, the, the neediness. <laughs> you're, you're needy. I'm the neediest. I'm the neediest. But one day you're gonna meet with women, a woman with women who you know is gonna be more than happy to take care of you, but also call you out, and it's gonna be how old are you? You're like 26. That's what I need because I've I, I've had both. I've had like the extremes. You need a of good both, mixture, and of I it. haven't had the mixture. I've I, I was with somebody who gave me everything I wanted, and I and I and I. Rebelled. You can't be with someone too bitchy or too hated given. Me and I was obsessed yes. with it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I definitely am like attracted to um, women who abuse me uh, ver- verbally a little bit. I don't know what that's about, uh, but th- I need it in between. It's about you not wanting to be given everything, actually. Yeah. So that energy, I mean, I'm sure there's a bunch of things wrapped yeah. in there, but it's actually about not wanting to be saved. You actually want to do it for yourself, but you're not ready. No, I'm very aware that I'm not ready. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, I, I, I don't want to be in a relationship anytime soon. And I'm always, and, I, and I'm like I feel like it's so obvious with me that I'm not mature enough to be there. So anytime, but, and anytime a woman try. likes me, this is this is what it is. Anytime <laughs> a woman likes me, I'm like your judgment is poor. <laughs> I can't even respect that you like me. Yeah, no, like who are you liking? Your taste is way off. <laughs> like a girl who's like you're this kind of guy like I you know a girl who calls me out on my shit and is like not that into me. I'm like I'm in love with you. You are you're my type. Like you're smart, you know what's up. You know, you you got it right. You got it right. If you like me, I I That's don't know what's so wrong with That's so sad you. though, because you're a great guy. You're no, I'm look, a great guy. I'm just, I'm just not there. We'll yet. take our friendship. Like I, I love and appreciate I good, you. I could be a good boyfriend. Absolutely. One day you're going to be a great husband. You're just not there yet. And Thanks. like, see, th- I'm needy, and I got you to say what I wanted you to say. To no, me. I'm telling you what's real. <laughs> so calm the fuck down. Here's the truth, John. <laughs> You're a great person, but you're not ready for a relationship because you still need to, you know, do a lot of healing work and feel good about yourself. And you're in a point where you're allowed to be selfish. Right. Right now, you want to go out and sleep around or do whatever you want, and you're allowed to. Yeah. So, you know, this is us actually in relationship to each other where I can appreciate and love you, but I know that you're not relationship material. And do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's the appropriate. You're meeting women who can see what I see, but then they still want something from you. And then they you get involved in a relationship where you're almost annoyed from the get-go because you're like, can't you see that I can't give you anything? Yeah, right. What do you want from then me? Then I feel badly. But then yes. when they and don't want into me, the then guilt. I, like, want, like, I want them to like me. You get sucked into this push yeah. and pull. It's push that, and um, pull. It's very hard for people to not get sucked into that. I'm actually right now working on my own healing work mm. of not getting sucked into a push-pull thing with someone that I still have very strong feelings for. And it's amazing though, because we're both doing a lot of healing work and it's interesting how as I, you know, become more whole and less needing another person to fill my void, how much I can actually meet that person in the moment and say, oh, we can't be together. And I accept that, but I can still love you as you are without needing anything from you. We're trying to make this something it's not supposed to be in this moment. You know, and that's mm-hmm. the most beautiful thing. And you still have trouble 
staying in relationship to people because you suddenly get involved in this dynamic of they either need something for you, from you or you need something from them. And most people get into this dynamic. I'm just starting to heal that now. And it's not just with my, you know, this one particular person. It's a dance I've been doing my whole life. I'm, e I'm usually the one chasing. That's been my thing. I have more of that invasive go-in, cling mm -hmm. energy. So then I'd find someone who's love-avoidant. But now I'm trying to heal that, and it's really interesting how it's affecting the external world for me. Because now that I'm not clinging or needing and I can stay in relationship. There's a different kind of guy coming toward you now as a result. Even, even my ex, our friendship has changed because I don't need anything from him. I can actually love and appreciate him. It's like, it's like I mean, it's deeper than me and you because I, you know, no offense, but it's like, but it's like that where you and I can be in a relationship. You can be honest. I can tell you where I'm at and we can just love each other sure. without trying to ask for more than right. like, I don't ask you for anything more. Like if you don't get back to me, I'll funny be like, Oh, you think it's cool to ignore a dragon sorceress, John? You think right. that's a smart right. idea? But I know what you actually, yeah. Guess. You know, whereas like if I started dating you suddenly because I have expectations for when I'm dating someone, suddenly mm. I would need more from you and it would become a whole thing. And I'm at yeah. a place where I don't want to date someone until I know. Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, I don't want to date them until this would be, if this I'm This would be a very pole. unbalanced relationship. Oh, no, this would not. We would be, <laughs> we'd be broken up very quickly, yes. John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but we'd recover before and we still started. be friends. Before oh, we yeah, started, yeah. We I already think. broke up. I, yeah, but, um, yeah. I think we just did. Yeah. <laughs> this is our breakup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, no, you know, um, I forget what I was saying. Fuck. I was saying something about with this particular person. Um, oh, no, no. What I'm looking for is to be pulled to someone you know, because that has to happen where you just have that that total passion. Right. But then for both of us to be two whole people where we're not doing a dance of like avoidant and cling. I want to eventually be a whole person and have and be fully met, though, and go really deep with that person because I like to go deep. Yeah. And I have yet to meet someone who can go there with me in a loving romantic relationship. But that's probably because I'm not ready yet. I'm not fully whole on my own, but I'm doing the work and it's fucking brutal, John. It's hard. You ever just like want to not do that? It's not. Yes, but it's not an option for me. I've, I'm so dedicated to the spiritual path and emotional growth. So for example, this particular person that I have strong feelings for, if I don't hear from him for three or four days, it invokes this feeling of like death and panic. And I've realized that instead of blaming that person, I have to bring it back to me and understand that it's a very young place that's coming up. Because um, as a little girl, I think I often felt like I was going to die and I had anxiety. I had a pretty brutal childhood. So it's allowing me, this person triggers it. But now the difference is instead of blaming or clinging, trying to get what I need, I say, because he's being very honest about where he's at. So I go, I can't blame him. He's being lovely and honest. It's not his fault. Even before he wasn't honest, it wasn't his fault. But I'm going, okay, this is just a very young place that's surfacing, and I'm going to sit with her. I'm going to sit with this very young girl who's very anxious, feels like she's dying, feels like she's being abandoned. So as adult Kate, I'm going to sit with her and love her, and it's changed the whole game for me. It's So much growth is happening. I've been meditating more and just being so compassionate as well. So when you feel those feelings of like wanting and uh, you don't reach out, obviously to him 
you just you meditate mainly or it's different every time what you I'll do? reach out to supportive friends who if I'm in a really rough place I have at this point a pretty good network of like mm-hmm. three or four people mm-hmm. that I can cry to I have mm-hmm. a healer slash therapist mm-hmm. who's really good with me I reached out to her Saturday night I was having a tough time and they help me bring it back to me and remember that it's not him doing this to me mm-hmm. he's triggering really intense feelings for me to work through so that's what I've been trying to do. It's been exhausting. Right. So I've been really compassionate to myself, resting a lot, you know, um, but it is completely shifting me. The moment you want to blame and point the finger, literally take your finger and like point it back to you and be like, what's going on for me? Yeah. Let me sit in my discomfort because most of our lives are built on escaping discomfort. I, oh, I'm constantly smoking doing- weed, fucking people, getting addicted to yoga, eating disorders. Like you can yeah. turn anything into an escape. Yeah. Um, some people don't even want to see it as escape. If they have like, yeah. if they have really strict diets, it's almost looked at as healthy, but it can actually be just as unhealthy as, a drug, it's your you're relationship just, you're just to choosing, it. Choosing, yeah, to focus your energy on something. So, what is the balance, I guess? Like, how do you find that right balance where you're just happy <laughs> with in the moment? Uh, which I definitely, you know, I think for the most part, I'm actually a happy person. Yeah. And an optimist. Yeah. But I do, you know, you, can't you get help. swept up. You get swept up and, uh, you know, why didn't this person text me back or this or that? And then I'm like, kind of like, I got to go like out with my buddies and drink. I'd say what you should do is stalk the person, you know, get some binoculars, duct tape. Okay. You know, no, what I'd say in that moment. Yeah, start lubing (laughs) up the old puss. Exactly. I'd say in that moment when things like that come up, really, despite every thought that's telling you otherwise, like, oh my God, this person just needs to call me back or. Yeah, yeah. Bring it back to you. Mm-hmm. Feel your discomfort in your body. Be in your body. Because everyone wants to escape their bodies when it's an uncomfortable feeling. Right. Sit in it yeah. and ride it as best you can. Try to not go to drugs or drinking for as long as you can. Sometimes it's too horrific. You need some kind of escape. But healthy escapes are always better than unhealthy, quote unquote, unhealthy. For me, I'd rather call a friend and try that. But then if it gets too bad, I will have some weed. It calms me down. But I try not to depend on it and make it a a crutch, but yeah, I like weed and food. Weed I mean, and, most people we, weed and carbs use food. Like... App. I, and I mean, I do too. But um, what I do now, and this is pretty new. This has been like a big new realization: is when this intense anxiety comes up, or I'm, I woke up the other day, I felt like someone was sitting on my chest and I couldn't breathe. I just said, "Okay, I know right now it feels like this is because this person hasn't reached out to you, but that's not true. It's triggering a place when I was young." And I was at my mom's house and I felt very unsafe and I wasn't going to see my dad for four days. I felt abandoned by him and left behind and angry and I couldn't breathe. That's what's really happening. And I just just try, I just kept reminding myself and breathing and bringing Doesn't it back. Does that make you more stressed because now you're thinking about that too? No, because that person has always been with me. It's actually um, calming to know that that's not all of me. That's just young me. But I'm also adult me now, right. who's not that. So I can now be calm Kate and not calm Kate. And the calm Kate can hold, you know, the anxious Kate's hand. It doesn't make it go away. But suddenly, when I used to think that that was me. So like 10 years ago, a guy doesn't call me back. And I'm like, <gasps> well, I'm panicking. I'm panicking. I'm panicking. Oh, my God. Because I couldn't separate that it was young, I got lost in it. 
Now I don't get lost in that emotion because I remember it's only a part of me feeling that. Right. It's not all of me. Right. So it helps to not get swept up into that really tumultuous feeling. And then suddenly you become a cosmic surfer riding the waves of those emotions instead of getting sucked under by the current. And it's a whole other ride. Life becomes a whole other thing yes. when you get triggered. I mean, it happens everywhere. There was something on Facebook this week where a man got accused of rape and it triggered so many people. I, wait, I know this guy because I was supposed to do his show. And wow. Then he sent me an email that night that said, uh, I've been accused of some sexual misconduct, so the show's canceled. None of the, none of the things are true, but I just <laughs> wanted you to know. And I was like, whoa. And this now is crazy. it What's triggered exactly. It triggered so many people. You know, for me, I didn't get triggered there because I know that this is all non-dualistic and everyone's playing a role. And you know, whether or not he did it, I wasn't going to get sucked into the emotion and take a quote-unquote side yeah. because the unfortunate thing where we are as a society is rape is so prevalent in so many different ways. We rape the earth. We rape each other. You know, like th there are so many Jesus. systems that are that are based on oppressing people. Yeah. And I want to help heal that. But the way to heal that is not by taking a side. It's by realizing how out of relationship we all are. And that's why we want to overpower each other. So it was interesting that these people got triggered, couldn't sit with their discomfort over the whole thing yep. and started just lashing out on whatever side right. they wanted. And it's a very similar thing. It's all of life. You know, you get cut off when you're driving and suddenly you want to murder the driver. That's not the driver. They might be late to see their wife, but that's just, you know, accessing the pain and the, the hidden rage that you don't want to fully feel. So in that situation, you let yourself feel the rage. You sit with it. You, yeah. you let it move in your body without exploding. You don't want to yell at the other car. You never know who's a fucking maniac, yeah. but you also don't want to push it down and suppress it and be like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. Because then that can really actually cause physical damage. If you keep suppressing all your feelings, that can really affect, gotta, I mean, I, that's why it's good to talk it out. And so sometimes yes. you have to, I mean, you're saying you breathe it in, you acknowledge it, but sometimes you have to talk it out with somebody else. A lot of times. A lot of times. I'm a I'm a big expressor, a big talker. I, that's why I love spending dance. Too much time alone is like a little dangerous. Well, like then you what you could actually use is more support, emotional, spiritual support, and yeah. that's why I love getting to read your tarot because you're actually very receptive. Very receptive to it. Most people try to handle their emotional pain alone, and it's impossible. If you want to really grow and deal with that emotional, spiritual stuff, mm -hmm. you have to have a support system. Community is important, even if it's small. Mm -hmm. And um, that's why I have you know, a healer. That's why I have friends that are in my spiritual school yeah. or just you know, very emotionally expressive people. And I really want you, before you leave, to come dancing with me. I would love to come it's dancing. It's such a good, safe I'm very community dancing. about dancing for freedom. I'm not going to eat a roast freedom. beef sandwich beforehand, though. No. It made me very tired. And I, now I, I kind of feel badly. This is what's on my mind right now, and I feel like we're talking about what's go. on my mind. Um, I, that, that, that I've, I've, I've just been a little, uh, you know, I haven't been that exciting on your <laughs> podcast. I've just been kind of pretty monotone, and I think it's because I'm digesting the sandwich. Because you ate a roast beef sandwich. Well, first of all, I appreciate sandwich. your honesty yeah. and meeting the moment and I, letting Because I know you were looking forward to this, and I just don't know if I've let you down in some way. I think we had a great podcast. I'm very happy with it, and I'm telling you, you can let that go. For me, if you still need to work with the discomfort of feeling <laughs> like you let me down... <laughs> That's your process, but I feel totally content. As long as you're happy. I'm totally happy, so right. let it go. 
but we also need to wrap it up. Can I pull one card for you before we do on yes, the air? Please. And then I'll afterwards we can go and I'll redo a, give you a full reading okay. if you want one. Okay. Well, no, no, you got to shuffle it, you goof. Okay. I'm still such an art teacher. Like, I'm realizing how more and more, like, I'm like, shuffle. You got to shuffle it, you goof. Shuffle it, you goof. You goof. And I love quotes. Your name should be like Barbara, though. Barbara. That's your, that's, Barbara that's Wolf. your, your alter ego. Barbara. The, 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 uh, the I have a lot teacher. of alter egos, though. Barbara. I have Barbara, the art teacher, then. With like a little I have Dragon Sorceress. Yes. Frank's laser, my, laser like, titty. monster. Laser tits are, are tied into the dragon sorceress. And, and what but about this your is dick? The thing. What kind of dick do you have? Energy dick. It's all energy. Energy dick. Um, I think we all have so many different facets to ourselves. Ooh, this is your... Get out of here. And that's funny, right? Oh, my what God. It? It's Queen of Wands. And you're the King of Wands. And this is the universe. Okay. Okay. Talk about uh, energy pussy. Okay. Um, so John's <laughs> card in the deck is... Always a king of wands, which represents someone who's the a background very... background on my phone because of you. Yes. I made him save it as his background so it can remind him of his true vibration. The king of wands is someone who is all about surrender and yet fire. Yeah. It's someone who learns how to go with the flow, but he's not someone to be fucked with. He's got a lot of fire, a lot of things moving him forward. And he doesn't have to stress or build these expectations or try to control life because he trusts that the universe is rigged in his favor so he can just surrender and let it happen. And what's going on with you in your life is you're learning how to let this thing crumble because you know that the right things are going to come, come in for you because the universe wants you to grow and evolve and be the true, full, authentic artist you are. But with this being the queen of wands, it's that same powerful message, but it's talking about that feminine energy of really softening and learning how to express your feelings, remembering that power isn't about being tough. It's not about building walls. It's right. about softening, letting yourself feel. That's one of the most horrible things that's happened to men is that they think they have to toughen up and they're not allowed to feel because then it makes them not a man. Yeah. That's not you. That's definitely not me at all. Good. I feel all the feels. You feel all the feels and yet you still have these walls. Definitely. That you're bumping up against right now. It's a perfect place. And just remembering that you want to softly bring them down and that you need support. Yeah. You need to communicate. You need to feel this. Where do you see these walls? Do you see these walls in any particular? You mean like emotional my, walls? Yeah. Well, well, any part of my life you think it's. Yeah. Hold on. I, sorry. I'm gonna have to feel into it real quick. Um, it's around obligation and guilt. That's a big one for you. Mm. Um, feeling like, you owe people things when mm. you can start really giving to yourself first and feeling out what you need. Because I feel like that's what I think about a lot. I think my problem is that I think about what I need too much. Well, what happens is it's become a split. So on one hand, you're very selfish. And on the other hand, you're too giving. Do you get what I'm saying? They're yeah. not in relationship to each other. Right. So sometimes you can be super selfish and just do what you want, but not even selfish. You're able to do what you want. But then on the other hand, you're so, you know, like here, you're like, oh, did I just let you down? Shit, Yeah, here. that's a big thing too. Yeah. So it's going to yeah. be about holding space for both of those things and real, and you know, the more you can come into your body and feel what you actually want and build positive boundaries for yourself and for others, the more you're going to even have to give and to know what you want to give to what projects, what people, you'll probably won't want to sleep around as much because that's giving of energy. It really is. And you might I've actually... Slowed, I've slowed down. Good for you. I'm proud of you. I'm, I'm kind of just hanging out with one, one person. 
Is it the one you were telling me about a couple weeks ago? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, I liked. I liked. I'm not in a serious. Uh, we're not. In a, I know, an but you're slowing thing, it down. I'm slowing it down. You're not dipping it in all these different sacred okay, yonis. Let's not, uh, for the for those listening. I'm not dipping. I wasn't dipping that much. Okay, so <laughs> like, I'm just like okay. Um, but yeah, it's going to be about my, my, my average size. But even that's about penis. giving too much. You you were actually looking for connection and wholeness through your penis, and the more you can feel whole, the less you're going to even want to go out and you know, penetrate as a way to connect to you. I just liked going out and dating a lot and yeah, and it was You just, just really want attention, affection, love, definitely. and the feeling I'm very of wholeness. Needy. I'm very I'm very, very needy is what it comes down to. Honestly. It's Most not even of us, about it's not even about the sex. It's after the sex. I just want to be held and told that I'm beautiful. You're beautiful, honey. Thank you. You're a beautiful I little I feel flower. like we just we just made love. We did. This was a, it is. Every it time is. you have a real relationship, you know, it's two things. And then the third thing arises. That's, you know, out of the relationship. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's a, it's a whole, it's a creative act. Sex is a creative act. Talking is a creative act. We co-create with each other all the time. And it was a pleasure, John Rudnitsky, to co-create with pleasure. you. Okay. Well, thank you. You're for welcome. Me Where can people find you, you if they want to follow you? Uh, Are you going to be back on Twitter? No. Fuck Twitter. I don't like Twitter that okay. much at all. Instagram? Uh, Instagram. I'm on Instagram. John Rudnitsky? John Rudnitsky. Yep. J-O-N-R-U-D. Anything else? S-K-Y. Where they can find your stuff? Um, just, uh, yeah, my website, johnrudnitsky.com. I'm, I'm uh, on a little bit of a tour this year, and I'm constantly, Amazing. I'm adding dates, and uh, my next, I'll be in uh, uh, Seattle, uh, Bellevue, at the parlor next week. Ooh. Next week. The weekend. parlor. Yeah, 25th to the 27th. Awesome um, shows. So come check him out. And then if you guys want to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Kate Wolf, follow me. I have a fan page on Facebook, Kate Wolf. And if you would like a tarot card reading, hit me up, kwolf, two Fs, 27 at gmail.com. And I also do um, mission readings, whereas I can actually feel into your soul song and tell you why you were incarnated here on Earth. And what your emotional mission is, what it could, how it could affect your career-wise. So you can either get a tower reading or a mission reading. Hit me up. And, oh, and I think we're going to get the YouTube channel starting up again. So check that out. And thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks. Sorry if I was tired. It was the roast beef. You're not obligated to everyone, John. Let it go. I take it back. Fuck you guys. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love you. I love you, Kate. Thank Bye, you. you guys. Bye. Thank you. Bye, guys. This has been a Stand Up Labs production, powered by digital media. Subscribe to new and archive episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. And find all of our shows at StandUpLabs.nyc. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. What the fuck is happening? Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line 
prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.